Are you trying to squeeze the starting solid food stuff into your already busy schedule? Well, I have an all-in-one done-for-you solution that's going to take the guesswork out of feeding your baby. My online program is called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro. It contains all of my baby led weaning training videos, the original 100 First Foods content library, plus a 100-day meal plan with recipes like the exact sequence of which foods to feed in which order. So if you want to stop trying to piece all this feeding stuff together on your own, I would be honored if you would join me inside of the program. You can get signed up at babyledweaning.co slash program. Checking in about food allergies and introducing allergenic foods. And have you done peanut with your baby yet? Well, intact nuts and thick globs of nut butters like peanut butter are choking hazards for babies, but we want to get that peanut protein into your baby early and often in order to help lower the risk of peanut allergy down the road. My absolute favorite way to introduce peanuts for babies is using the Puffworks Baby Peanut Puffs. So When you hear puffs, like you're probably like, oh, those starchy little puff things. Like, no, no, no. Not the little ones that earlier eaters can't pick up. Those kind of crappy puffs from the store that have added sugar and refined grains and lots of salt. Uh uh. The Puffworks baby peanut puffs have no added sugar. They have just a smidge of sodium for preservatives, and they are the perfect size for baby led weaning. They're about the size of your adult pinky finger. So, you can, baby can pick them up, self-feed them, but they're so soft that they dissolve in your baby's mouth so you can introduce these peanut puffs even before your baby has teeth. Puffworks also makes a baby almond puff for the safe introduction of a separate allergenic food category. That's tree nuts. And now, finally, Puffworks put out a combo case. So it's half baby peanut and half baby almond. So if you want to grab one case, then you can knock out two new allergenic foods. We do these on different days, though. These are just the no-stress, low-mess way to get peanut and tree nut out of the way. So you can get 15% off everything at puffworks.com when you use the affiliate discount code BLWPOD. That's a new code. It's BLWPOD. Use that sucker at checkout at puffworks.com and get peanut and tree nut safely out of the way. So number one, CPR refresher course. Number two, making your home a safe place, getting those choking items out. Number three, waiting until they're ready. Number four, proper high chair positioning. And number five, we're going to talk about safe food preparation. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding, leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby led weaning. Hey guys, welcome back. We're talking a little bit about choking prevention today. And I know for a lot of you starting solid foods that choking is probably the biggest barrier or fear that you have. And I want you to know that no matter what approach you decide to take to solid foods and starting solid foods, that the research does show us the babies who start with a baby-led approach, they are at no higher risk of choking than our babies who start with traditional spoon feeding provided that the parents are educated about reducing choking risk. And I probably say that statement like 10 times a day in different various outlets. And then parents are like, well, how do I educate myself? Well, this podcast episode is going to help educate you about five ways to help reduce choking risk as your infant takes the transition to solid foods. And my guest today is Brandon Dorkson. He is, along with his wife, Caitlin, the founders of Thrive Training Institute. They offer online CPR courses, first aid. They have child-proof home. I've taken all of their courses. I'm a huge fan of Brandon and Caitlin, but I also co-teach 
a choking prevention and response course with Brandon, who is a certified CPR instructor, and also Dawn Winkleman, who has been on the podcast many times. She specializes in baby led weaning. She is a speech language pathologist. So me as a dietitian, Dawn as the SLP, Brandon as the CPR certified guy, we got together and designed this course called Choking Prevention and Response. And I'm going to link to that in the show notes for this episode. If you guys go to blwpodcast.com slash 238, we have a discount for that program. I am an affiliate for that program. I co-teach that program, but I wanted, I begged Brandon if we could discount it even further for our audience so that you guys can get access to this. And I know for some parents, again, just the anxiety around choking is something that is preventing them from starting solid foods. And because we need your baby to meet their feeding and developmental milestones and experimenting with different textures is a big part of that. I wanted to give parents the gift of this knowledge about how babies learn to chew and swallow so that you understand the process. And Dawn does a fabulous job with that in our course. Brandon teaches about what to do in the event if there is a choking incident. And then I talk a lot about food preparation methods. So if you have an interest in learning more about choking prevention, that is at the show notes, blwpodcast.com slash 238. And Brandon from Thrive Training Institute is here to teach a little bit more about five of his tips for helping to prevent choking in your infant. Yeah, so good to interact with you and and add some value for your audience today. All right, we have talked in the past about CPR. You know, you are the household family safety guy for our audience who might not be familiar with you and your lovely wife, Caitlin's work. Could you give us a little background of what you guys do at Thrive Training Institute? Yeah, we're parents of now three kids. We have a five-year-old, three-year-old, and three-month-old. And we know that there are tons of parents that don't have a clue about CPR or child safety, but find themselves in this unique spot with young kids. If you're listening to Katie Ferraro on the Baby Led Weaning Podcast, you're thinking about introducing solids. And so we sought out two years ago to make this life-saving knowledge accessible to families right in their living room. Because for most people, there's this limiting belief if I'm not a medical provider. If I don't have to be certified in CPR for my job, it's not for me. I'll just call someone when I need help. But when emergencies happen, they happen suddenly. And we want people to remember what they learned when they were a lifeguard in high school or when they were a babysitter in high school and be able to have that knowledge of CPR, chest compressions, the Heimlich, knowing what to do in emergency situations for their own family. So we've been blasting that out and trying to help as many families as possible over the last two years. And I know we connected a couple of years ago because I was looking for an online CPR alternative kind of during the pandemic was taking off. I always take a quarterly CPR course for my line of work because of course, choking prevention is so important in all aspects of raising children. But with introduction of solid foods, we always like to remind parents that there's no higher risk of choking if you start solid foods with a baby led approach compared to traditional spoon feeding but that's only if parents are educated about reducing choking risk and that choking is a rare but real risk. And in the event of a choking incident, you do need to know what to be able to do. And you guys are doing that online. You know, we're acknowledging that the online experience never fully replaces the in-person one. However, I am just blown away every time I take your course. You guys are constantly updating it. So I notice every little tweak and change that you make and I learn something new every time I take it. So Thank you for the services that you provide. You also do it at a price point that I think makes it so reasonable for families to do this. And today we're here because Brandon's going to be sharing with us five choking prevention tips. He works a lot in the personal safety space. He's a certified CPR instructor, but we also co-teach a choking prevention course. Myself, 
Brandon and then Don Winkleman, who's a speech language pathologist. We put this whole course together, choking prevention and response, particularly for parents who are looking to start solid food. So I'm going to link to all of the resources Brandon mentions today in the show notes for this episode, which you guys can find at blwpodcast.com. If you just type choking, um, we have a discount for that choking course as well. And Brandon, I'm going to just let you take it away. Five choking prevention tips. Where do we start? Number one is having a refresher CPR training. So within prevention, we have intervention. So when you're aware of what happens when oxygen is not flowing through the body, you know what would be important to pay attention to. So we recommend for every parent, every caregiver to have a refresher CPR training. So if you can attend a hands-on training, please do that in your area. If it's been a while, we'd recommend that you go through an online training to get a refresher on how many chest compressions you're giving, where they're at, rescue breaths, and what's the right age to do the right techniques. All that we cover in our online training. So that's my first tip is you need to have an online or in-person CPR and first aid refresher course. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online experience. All you do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I used to think therapy was just for people who have experienced major trauma, but therapy can help you be at your best no matter what you're going through. So whether it's to learn new positive coping skills, set more realistic boundaries, or just show up as a better version of yourself, BetterHelp is here to help. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit betterhelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. And Brandon, I always remind parents, it's like, Sometimes they'll tell me like, oh, Katie, I already took a CPR class. I'm like, I know you all took CPR before your baby was born. But when you go to start solid foods, like there's a six month window there. And I don't know about you guys, but like, I can't even remember like what I had for dinner last night, let alone the particulars of a CPR class from before my baby was born. And the things that we're looking out for, like the things you're scared about and concerned about in early infancy are remarkably different from what you're doing when you're introducing solid foods. So it never hurts to get those CPR skills up to snuff. Correct. The second thing we got to be aware of is when you're looking at your home, we're going to talk about safe feeding environments. But number two, before we even dive into food, which a lot of you are thinking about listening to this podcast is number one, learn CPR. Number two, we want to have a safe home environment. So this one statistic to get your brains thinking is 3,500 people of all ages each year swallow a button shaped battery. The ones that go in watches, certain toys. 3,500 people are swallowing button-shaped batteries each year. I don't know about you, but I never want to swallow a battery. I don't want your kids to swallow a battery. And over the last 15 years, there's been 14 kids that have died due to swallowing a button-shaped battery. And the reason being is that batteries create a current and they can burn the tissue in the esophagus. So just to get your brain spinning, anything that's cylindrical, that can fit through a toilet paper roll that is in the reach of your little ones, as they're starting to crawl and explore, we want to make sure it is a safe environment for them at home. So that's number two is look for latex balloons, look for coins, 
marbles, marker caps, crayons, erasers, older kids' toys, we want to make sure that those items are not in your little one's environment who is figuring out almost like a dog by licking and eating and putting things in their mouth. We want to make sure that that is age appropriate. So that's number two is creating a safe home environment. Brandon, I took your child-proof home course and it blew my mind because I'm so focused on the kitchen and food and feeding. And I know all of the dangers there and how to prevent them. But oh my gosh, once your baby gets mobile and moves out of the kitchen, that's when all of these other things become so dangerous. And I learned so much about the danger of latex balloons from that course. And then also just what you mentioned, the older kids, like once you have a second child, that older child then becomes the conduit who oftentimes is feeding the Jolly Ranchers to the baby or dropping the buttons or the coins or whatever it may be. And that's, you know, always when you have your back turned. So of course, no parents ever want this to happen, but being vigilant is so important, but also just being aware of where these dangers come from. That course opened my eyes to like, my gosh, my house is like a death trap. Yeah. And not to guilt any parents because I know a lot of parents feel guilty about putting their kids in front of the TV, but TV tip overs cause one death every three weeks. TV's falling on children and 10 kids go to the ER every day from a TV tip over. So don't feel guilty, as guilty about putting your kid in front of a TV, but we need to make sure that TV is anchored to the wall and properly secured. So if the kid comes up the TV to pull on it, it doesn't fall on them. That's number two, home safety. We could spend all day there, but that's the second tip I'd give you. All right. What's up with number three, Brandon? So tip number three, and I think Katie, you'll be able to speak to this as well with your expertise in baby led weaning, is we need to wait to introduce solids until the child is ready for that adventure and you as a parent to be ready for that adventure. Um, So you could talk a little bit there, but we need to make sure that the child is showing interest in food and that the child can sit upright for a, a minor sustained period of time. And Katie, maybe you could dive into why that's important. Sure. And there's no set amount of time that you want to, you know, sometimes be like, tell me exactly how many seconds my baby should be sitting before they tip over. But the general rule of thumb is that babies are not physiologically ready to sit up on their own until the time when they're also not nutritionally needing anything except breast milk or formula. So it actually works out really nice that for the first six months of your baby's life, infant milk, be that breast milk or formula, is meeting their nutrition needs. But also, they can't sit up relatively unassisted on their own until after that period. So being able to sit up on their own, that's indicative of the baby having the core strength that they need in order to facilitate a safe swallow. And inside of that choking prevention and response course that we co-teach with Dawn Winkleman as a speech language pathologist, she's really sharing a lot more about the physiology of how babies learn to swallow. And essentially, you know, I was just did my um, quadruplets are in kindergarten. So I had to do career day the other day and they were talking about what babies can eat and not eat. And they're all sitting on the floor. And it's like, all right, you're all sitting on the floor. Now slump over like you can't sit up. If I tried to give you avocado or lamb or beets right now, would you be able to eat those if you don't know how to sit up and suck and breathe at the same time. And they're all like, no. And it makes perfect sense. If your baby can't sit up, they're not ready physiologically to safely swallow anything. And sure, we can always shove spoons of food in a four-month-old baby's mouth, but just because you can do it doesn't mean we should do it. So I advise parents, you know, really wait until that six-month mark. And also, if you're dealing with a premature baby, we want that to be the six-month adjusted age. So I always use the quadruplets as an example. They were born six weeks early. So I waited until they were six months plus six weeks. So their chronological age was seven and a half months old before one or two of them were even starting to sit up on their own. And only after that point do we think about doing solid foods. And you can bet for almost two months I was getting it in stereo from everyone in my life. Oh, are you feeding the babies yet? Are you feeding the babies yet? No, 
They're not six months adjusted age yet. So nutritionally, they don't need anything. And B, they can't sit up on their own yet. So they're not safe to swallow anything yet. And I think just for people to be aware too, um, you feel a pressure to go quickly to get, you know, I know obviously with the breast milk or a formula shortage that there's concern for, I got to get my kid like self-sufficient as quickly as possible, but your child has all their life to grow up. So let's don't rush through the phases, embrace the phases and wait until they're ready. Literally like you can't run before you can walk. You cannot eat solid foods before your body says you're ready to. Yeah. And like you said, Don Winkleman inside the choking prevention course really dives into all like there's so many muscles and cranial things going on to just do one swallow. So I just thought that's, it's really informative for families to understand that. And like, this is why I'm waiting, like you said. And um, I think that goes into number four, which is high chair positioning, which goes right into, okay, the kid can now sit up, like you said, six months or at this six month adjusted age. But let's talk about high chair positioning for a second. Some high chair, and after I became aware of this, I was blown away at how many high chairs are actually dangerous. They're, you want to have the kids at 90 degree angles for their hips and their ankles, and they're sitting up straight and not in a reclined position. And Katie, you'll probably be able to speak to this too, but just logically thinking, if you're listening to this podcast and it's safe for you to do so, recline in your chair for just a second. That is not a good swallowing position. It opens up the airway. So if your kids recline in a high chair from a name brand company, it's not actually a safe feeding position. It's exactly the position that could choke a baby. Like if you had to design the most unsafe position, it would be the way you sit, maybe sits in a car seat rear facing or the way they sit in a stroller. And it might be cheaper for the manufacturer to just make one big piece of plastic instead of having it be adjustable. And that's one of the main reasons it's made that way. So then also think about if your child's feet are not supported, if you're sitting on a high chair or a high stool as an adult, like you're focused on where are my feet, where are my legs dangling? And there's not proper support. All their focus is going to their busy legs and they're not grounded to be able to like what we've talked about, focus their energy on all that goes into one swallow. So if we can remove those improper positions and create a safe feeding environment, we're going to drastically reduce our risk for choking. And inside of that choking course, we do show a couple of different ways to manipulate or alter your existing high chair because there are certainly pricier high chair options out there with adjustable footrests. And I think they are certainly the safest chairs. They do tend to be on the more expensive side. I always remind parents, though, that it is important to invest in a safe seat for your baby to eat. I mean, sometimes have parents spending $1,200 on a stroller they don't use, and they all want a $20 Ikea high chair, which doesn't have a footrest. So there are aftermarket solid footrests that you can affix. A lot of parents will do chairs turned the turned around backwards, and then the baby's feet resting on the solid part, you know, the seat of an adult chair. We're using, I know we've seen... Um, Amazon boxes with masking tape and yoga blocks affixed with bungee cords. I saw a dad that was really good at knots the other day sent me a picture and he had done plywood with this trucker knot for his baby. So you can DIY your high chairs, but having your baby's feet resting flat is so important, again, to stabilize the baby and allow them to, if they are also six months of age and sitting up on their own, really get that coordination of the sitting, the sucking, the swallowing, the breathing having the feet stabilized is so important for that. And, and you're right, there are so many chairs out there. Yes, they all pass the tip test as far as safety standards go, but parents are sometimes blown away. Wait, how can you sell a high chair that's unsafe? Well, there's lots of things that are, you know, there's a high chair that actually literally reclines. Like a child reclining in their high chair is the most dangerous thing you could do. Children should be seated 90 degrees at the waist, 90 degrees at the knees, 90 degrees at the ankle. And Don and I like, not joking, but we're talking, like if we designed a course called How to Choke a Baby, it would be like, lay them back in the reclining high chair or feed them in a stroller or feed them in a rear facing car seat. We never do any of those because the baby is not seated at the 90 degree angle. As you mentioned, it's opening up their airway. So 
just double checking your positioning because babies don't choke on foods if they're positioned properly and the foods that you offer are safely prepared. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No, that's spot on. And I, I can, maybe you could say why it wouldn't be a good idea for somebody to feed their baby sitting on their lap. Kind of goes without saying, but there's so much movement going on there. Talk to us a little bit. Yeah, about and that. we do want to acknowledge that there are certainly in some family structures and some food cultures, there is no high chair. Families, you know, I was working with a Ghanaian family the other day. It was like, we sit on the floor and we eat. And I was like, okay, if that's how you eat, let's talk about that. The one thing I want to remind parents though, is that if your baby is going to choke on food, you will not hear it. So sometimes if the baby is facing outward from you on the lap and there's a choke and you're not directly observing, you're not going to hear anything, right? A choke is silent. No air is passing through. When babies gag, they sputter and they cough, they turn red or pink. There's noise. That's fine. There's air passing through. They can work through the gag on their own. But with choking, when baby turns blue or purple, it's silent. And so we do want to make sure that we're observing. So if you do need to or want to feed on the lap for whatever reason, just try to directly be observing the baby as they are eating, especially in the earliest stages of eating solid foods when the risk for choking is the highest because they're still trying to figure out how to manipulate that food in their mouth. And so if your ultimate goal is to have your child eat in a high chair, then we recommend that you start with that high chair so that they become conditioned to understand that meals happen when I am seated safely in the high chair. And this is so important for infancy, but you know we both have older kids as well. We were talking before about not a lack of supervision, but a lapse in supervision. And that's really true. And we were talking about in context of childhood drowning, but in the context of feeding, you know, once your kid gets good at this, you like let your guard down and you let them walk around when they eat. And that's when they choke on popcorn and grapes and cherry tomatoes. But if you can train them, for lack of a better word, to sit in the high chair and we always sit down when we're eating, makes your life a lot easier, certainly, rather than kids popping up and running all over the place during mealtime. That does increase choking risk. So we want them to be seated. Yeah. So number one, CPR refresher course. Number two, making your home a safe place, getting those choking items out. Number three, waiting until they're ready. Number four, proper high chair positioning. And number five, we're going to talk about safe food preparation. Katie, maybe you could dive in and explain why we're cutting things in a way that a six-month-old can grab it with their full hand and it's long and it's skinny. And why is that a good idea? And, and most parents' minds like, uh, that sounds dangerous. They're going to just Throw it it sounds counterintuitive, right? They think, oh, I'll cut the food up very, very small. Well, as you know, when your baby is six or seven months of age, they don't have their pincer grasp yet. Even eight-month-olds sometimes do not have that skill yet. So they can't pick up very small pieces of food. And even if they could, if they got it into their mouth, those very small pieces of food, like the size of a pea or, you know, like the tiny little, I always think of peas and carrots, like you see in the frozen food section or frozen food vegetable bag, those foods are exactly the size piece of food that could potentially occlude your baby's airway. So we offer the longer pieces of food. So foods in the shape of an adult pinky finger. Another analogy, there's a French fry, which in the United Kingdom, you know, they call them chips. And so sometimes that's confusing because Americans are like, wait, tortilla chips, potato chips. So we say a fat French fry or your adult pinky finger. Someone asked me the other day, mom's pinky finger or dad's pinky finger? It's like, you guys, we're splitting hairs here. An adult pinky finger is bigger than a small little pea, two to three inches in length. They can pick the food up with their whole hand or their palmer grasp. They're still an inch or so poking out so they can get it out of their fat little baby fist and into their mouth. 
and your baby is the one driving the eating experience. So compared to traditional spoon feeding, where we're shoving a spoon of of food unexpectedly into the baby's mouth and they have no control over that, that's not baby led weaning. With baby led weaning, the baby picks it up. And even if they bite off a piece, they're the ones biting it off. Obviously, you know, they don't have teeth and you do not need teeth. It's not a prerequisite for starting solid foods. Um, And Dawn does a wonderful job inside of the choking course explaining how babies learn at first to munch chew, how that eventually turns, you know, to a rotary chew. She does all the chewing. She's got her, her fake mouth and teeth out and showing you guys how babies learn to chew and swallow and maneuver that food around their mouth safely. But the key with this approach is that the baby is the one doing it. And so unfortunately, we see, especially on social media and accounts run by people who have no business teaching infant feeding, really unsafe practices. Babies being offered you know, solid pieces of meat or hard, crunchy or crispy food. So making the foods soft. If you're doing meats, we always say soft, shreddable strips of meat. And my line is, if you can shred it between your finger and your thumb, then it's safe for your baby to eat with their gums. So there are some nuances here. You don't just offer the same foods adults are eating, but if you prepare the food safely and you offer them in a safe environment, your baby will not choke, provided that they're also six months of age or six months adjusted age and sitting up on their own. But you have to have all those pieces together in order to truly reduce choking risk. Yeah. And I think with wrapping those together is you would rather have a safe feeding environment than to have a paramedic standing next to you ready to perform CPR for you to just know CPR alone. So that's why we're we're holistic in our approach. It's not just teaching how to keep oxygen flowing in your baby's body while emergency responders are coming. That's a crucial piece if you find yourself in that situation. But it's about this whole picture and this whole approach to a safe feeding environment, a safe home, and parents being educated through the work you're doing, Katie, to let them know when their baby is ready, what things to look for, how we're prepping foods, and how it's being delivered to be the most efficient way possible. And not to throw it back to you, but I would argue it's the work that you and Caitlin and Thrive Training Institute are doing that's so important because you're giving parents the confidence that, listen, if anything does go south or something does go wrong, I have the skill set to save my baby's life. And with the choking fear and the gagging, a lot of parents, you know, we teach the difference between gagging and choking inside of the choking prevention course. And that's so important because gagging is a natural and necessary part of learning how to eat. And if you liken it to the analogy of your baby learning how to walk, you know, when babies are learning how to walk, it's not pretty, right? They bump into the coffee table, they fall down on their butt, they roll over next to something that you're scared of, but we don't rush in and take away their ability to learn how to walk. The same thing goes for learning how to eat. You know, we have to let babies experiment with new textures. They will gag as they're learning how to eat. We can't just rush in and stop the progression of them learning how to eat. But in the event that there is a choking incident, CPR saves lives and your CPR course, incredibly affordable and really easily accessible. And I love that you guys are always doing bundles where, you know, you can, you buy it, but you can also gift one to your caregiver. You also have certification. I've done that. I have lots of teacher friends at the beginning of the year always messaging me like, Katie, what's the code to that course you talk about? I got to get CPR for my school. And there are many employers who do accept the certification from your online programs, which I just think is wonderful. Awesome. Thank Katie. Thank you so much. I, I can't thank you enough for all that you're doing. And I just think, like you're saying, every family would feel so empowered, educating themselves, taking action and being prepared. All right. Thank you so much, Brandon. I'm going to link to all of the resources that you mentioned, as well as a couple of these different courses on the show notes page for this episode. If you go to blwpodcast.com, we also have um, the discount code KD10 for any of Brandon's courses. As I mentioned, they are really affordable to begin with. And Brandon, I appreciate you offering our audience the additional 
discount code. I am an affiliate for your programs. I very, very much believe in the work that you guys are doing, but I'm also a student of yours as well. So I have been noticing you guys updating a lot of the courses and thank you for the opportunity to actually co-teach that choking course with you and Don, because I think it's so important for parents that just have that added level of anxiety. It kind of helps ease their pain to understand how babies learn to chew and swallow and what they can do to prevent choking in their own infant in this important transition to solid foods. Yeah. Thank you, Katie. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Brandon from Thrive Training Institute. Again, they offer online CPR courses, childproof home, first aid, and now I have a co-teaching a choking course with Brandon and Don Winkleman, who is a speech language pathologist. And all of those courses I'm an affiliate for, I have a discount code, Katie10, works for $10 off anything. I never want to talk about the price of Brandon's course online um, or on our interviews, but the CPR course is I think $35. So with the $10 off, it goes down to $25. It's an incredible value for giving yourself the confidence that you'll know what to do in the event, the very rare event that your baby does have a choking incident. The choking course, I think he has it bundled with CPR. I don't know. He's always bundling the courses and I can't keep up. So I have one page with all my stuff linked on it where you guys can go if you want to check out any of these online courses. You know, I think it's very important that whoever is feeding your baby has CPR skills. So I've used his courses my caregivers and I've had my husband watch them and just so that everyone knows what to do in the event of choking if they're involved in feeding the babies. So check everything out that Brandon mentioned, blwpodcast.com slash 238. Thanks so much for listening. <music>